The Frozen North, Episode 75, our top five Nintendo 64 games. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 75 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. Howdy y'all! He hasn't done a classic opening in a while. That was, that was, you know what, that was a good solid, just, just a great howdy y'all. That was yeah, a good you one. know what, because like I'm excited to be here. And I, your face did not say yeah, that though. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> very <voice>. like, <laughs> just flat in your facial expression when you said it. <laughs> yeah, just like that. You know, he really wants to be back in Fallout 4 land in Boston. Truth. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. Ah, that game's great. And Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. I was the guy talking earlier. If you don't know who I am, I'm Brian. Good talk. Thanks. All right. So, episode six, uh, 60? 60 something. Whoa, we went back in time. We did. We did. Episode 75. Wow. We are... Three quarters of the way to the century mark. First, I need to address something. I want to apologize. Uh, we're not going to be able to do the Suikoden episode. You can tell, obviously, the uh, title is a little different. Uh, we were planning on doing it, hopefully, for this one. But real life kicked in, and uh, just other obligations came through. And uh, we're, we're, we're still going to do it, totally. Um, I believe it's going to be the next one. So, I promise, we'll get to it. And um, Mark and I have been talking to Ryan, actually, all day today. And God, I just want to... JJ has man. been. Well, I've been. Okay. <laughs> I've been reading and playing Fallout 4. Yes. <laughs> That's true. He's got... He he's, he's gave us like three or four subjects that, he, that we could talk about. And all four of them, I'm just like, huh? I need to... Are they big ones? Dude. <laughs> like, it just... I was telling Mark before, I was like, I just want to like... I wish he lived out here so I could just invite him out to a bar and then just pick his brain for like a couple hours and just listen to him talk about, you know, history and... And uh, and culture and stuff that he knew because the dude is just so filled with knowledge it's mm. crazy. You want to pull a siler on him and like eat his brain and get get all his powers. <laughs> That's from heroes. That's from heroes. Yeah, no, I got that. Just <sighs> you want it's, his brain powers. That's I what I was hearing. Don't want. I said I wanted to listen to him talk. Yeah, That's well, literally, what I, I heard said. what you actually meant. Okay. Yeah. Is your tablet still frozen? Nope. Yeah. Well, it was before. Well, I played about three hours of the game, and I really wish I had the desire to play more of it because I know it's a good game, but uh, just when you have the burnout of old games, I don't like old games in general, and also don't like our JRPGs that much. And when that's you're hitting double whammy, I got three hours of forced time into it, and I was like, I got to stop before it ruins my experience on the game. So well, Future like, Brian said he had actually played it, though. I did. Yeah. So no, I played. You yeah. said it was great. Yeah, it is. I, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> that's my, true. He did say it was great. My, said my longest play said. style was my longest play session was about an hour and ten minutes, and I definitely, it's definitely a game that I will dive into. It's just I, I was thinking, I was weighing the options. I was like, I could force myself to do it, but I'd probably come out of it not liking it, and that's probably not doing it a good service for a game like that. Because the fact that I can only get about an hour into the game, and then I was like, uh, like I was literally this is my this was my face. <sighs> And I was like, okay, I'm going to do myself a justice and play it when I'm ready to play it. That way I'm not like, 
Yeah, here's the thing about the game. I hated it. It was I only played for like an hour at a time, and it was and that's not fair to sweep it in three. So especially for me, I'm a I like the new and fancy, and all these new and fancy games came out that were taunting me away from it. So I figured I'd be true to it. Well, we're getting to it anyways, yeah. eventually. So a yeah. couple of weeks, hopefully, uh, we're still definitely, definitely, definitely have it on board. So absolutely. Uh, so what else have you guys been playing lately? I beat The Witcher 2. He wants applause. He wants applause. Woo! Mark has beaten a game. That's right. You should get like an achievement. You know what? That game has really weird pacing. Yeah. It's really slow and it builds up a mystery really slowly and meticulously for the first two chapters. And then chapter three kicks in and they're like, nah, let's just explain everything right now. Let's just give it all away. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. The chapter three is the war, right? The War Battlefield? No, that's Chapter 2. There's the Prologue, Chapter 1, Chapter 2, that's right. and Chapter 3. Yeah. That's right. So you're probably thinking with the Prologue. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chapter 3 is where it ends. Yeah. And it, and it ends abruptly. It, yeah, it's pretty abrupt. But you know what? I was ready for it to be over. It was fun, but I was getting kind of tired mm-hmm. of playing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt, too. There's a few side things to do, but nothing that's going to last forever. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just kind of like, all right, you know, I'm ready to finish it. Boom. So, congratulations, Mark. Way to go. You're ready for Witcher Thank 3. You. But you're playing, I am. But you're playing Fallout 4 right now. <laughs> I know. Yep. I would not go from Fallout 4 right into Witcher 3. You'll be having a lot of gamer burnout going on. Probably. Yeah. Mark and I have been playing a lot of Fallout 4. Uh, yeah. I, actually, we were uh, we were talking about it for a while. We did we did an interview with somebody earlier today for, uh, for later on the show. And, uh, I mean, that's all we were talking about for a while before, uh, before we hopped on there. We also oh, yeah. played uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. That's a very fun it's game. Such a great game. It's pretty uh, scary. It's tough yeah. to explain. One person's the bomb diffuser. The other person is trying to talk him through it. Go look it up. It's on Steam. Uh, it's fifteen bucks. I don't know if it's worth the fifteen dollars. Right. But uh, it's definitely worth a look. See if nothing else. Just look at a few hilarious yeah. YouTube videos on it. But it's a great, great, just fun little game. Uh, keep talking. Nobody explodes. Um, what do you think about Fallout Four so far? It's fantastic. It's uh, completely addictive. I've I've got like. <laughs> 17, 18 hours in it already, oh and I've played through, like, three missions. <laughs> Which means he's going to be done in the next couple of days. Yeah, we're, we're getting close to Mark's done, done hood. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, I've just been very focused on going around and gathering resources and tr- kind of building up the defenses of my town. That's, that's one thing. Have you been attacked at all? Nope. No? Yeah, me neither. Um, but that's one thing I've noticed is, like, Fallout 3, there was so much crap that you had yeah. to sift through to find the good stuff. In this game, there's no such thing as crap. It's literally everything is useful. useful. You yep. find That's a awesome. utensil. You find a pocket watch. You find a plate. I mean, it's all going to give you materials to build something in your town. It's pretty crazy. That Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Speaking of Fallout 4, I probably won't play it for a couple months. I have a rule with Bethesda games. I don't buy them on launch. Um, not because they're bad games, but because by the time I get to them, they're all ironed out. I don't like bugs in games. I feel like it... This has been the smoothest launch that's I've good. seen in a while. Yeah, to be honest, uh, that's what everyone says how buggy it is, but I haven't had any bugs. Well, I've heard I've heard mixed. Some people saying they hadn't run into a single bug, and people saying that yeah, they've run into a few typical Bethesda bugs. But well, you uh, guys know Stephen Laird. Uh, his wife actually had a corrupted save file and lost like ten hours. Oh so, gosh, was she playing on PC? Um, I don't think so. Hmm. I think Xbox One. Well, there's your problem. The no, Box One. But uh, yeah, I plan on playing Fallout Four, but I gotta play New Vegas. I never played New Vegas. I gotta play that first. Gotta get Why? 
Because I've never played no Vegas. You don't have to play it first. I do. It's not like they connect. I don't know, but like <laughs> I like to play uh, like release order of games. You bait. Uh, you bait. So you played Fallout One and Two. I have not played two. Oh, oh, hold on. That's hold where on. I was going. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. I have played a little bit of one. I have them okay. both. I own them both, okay. but I have not played any of two. I played a little bit of one, but I've played Fallout all Fallout. I beat. All of Fallout 3. Okay. Oh, and you played Fallout uh, Tactics? No, I don't have that Oh, one. <laughs> well, well, well. I guess you don't have to play in order. No, I do. <laughs> you can skip some, though. You can't. You can skip Fallout 2. Can you? Which is what you're saying. No, I, I played Fallout 3 before I played Fallout 1. So you can skip. So that's that would not be right. in order. Yeah, but, but what I'm trying to say now <laughs> is now that I have three games in succession, I'm going to try to do it. I didn't have own those games that back then, so I couldn't have. There was no good. Sounds old... like a cop out. Yep. No, it's there was a, no well, good old Brian, games back. There what was else, no. No, sorry, Froyo. There, yes, right, there was no exactly. good old games back then. What was I? What was I got to do? Uh, find typical. a way. Typical. Typical. Find typical. a way. All right, uh, Brian. What have you been playing? Uh, <laughs> Far Cry Four, and uh, just picked up Batman: Arkham Knight on the PS4 because I had to. We'll get into that in the news section. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I've pretty much been playing uh, Fallout 4, same yeah. as Mark. So, good stuff. Yeah, so, absolutely. And a little bit of Tales of Zysteria, which I really, really just want to I want to finish it so I can just concentrate on Fallout 4 before Xenoblade comes out, because that's go. something else we're going to hit on weeks. in the news. Well, all right, we got a couple of uh, emails that I wanted to read from the last episode that we, we, we did, talked about gaming inspiration and stuff, and I asked people to write in, and, and we, got, we got a few emails, and uh, I wanted to read a couple of them on the air, so... Heck yeah, man. All right. First one is from uh, from our buddy Alex. Uh, he says, great show again. It was interesting hearing how everyone found their into gaming. Uh, when I started trying to think about which games inspired or influenced me, there weren't really a lot that didn't catch up, didn't match up with what had already been said or put forth. Uh, but I did come up with one. For me, this game was such a fun experience and really put in motion my love for Mecha. It was Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back on the Atari 2600. I know that sounds odd, but to this day, I still love seeing ATATs and or ATATs. How, how do you, you? I always say ATATs. AT-AT. AT-AT. People say yeah. ATATs, though. I mean that the, both are fine. It's just ATAT. It's just a. It's a. No one's gonna like. Hang I don't you. think it matters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I said both, so you can't yell at me. Right. All right. Somebody will. Uh, I try to collect them when I can. <laughs> Side note: We took a family trip a couple of years ago to Disney, and I got to see a giant ATAT statue. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, I even took the blocky models they used in the game and would build them out of Legos when I was a kid to recreate the scene. Heck yeah, man. I, they never used to have Star Wars Lego stuff when I was a kid, yeah. so so I I mean I would do the same thing and try to build that stuff. Oh, hey, ATAT. It is ATAT because you don't call an ATST an atst. No, that's I've thought that too, but in the movie they flat out say at at. Nah. So, I don't know. Anyways, jokes. Uh, sure, other games like Final Fantasies have introduced me to new things and have enthralled me with their stories, graphics, and music, but with that Star Wars game is still in the back of my mind. It was such a simple game, and I fully admit, if that game came out now, I'd probably not even give it a look. At that time, however, it was something incredible to me. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about, though, is like, back then, that, that's one of my favorite things about retro gaming, is that back then, you didn't have to have big flashy graphics or voice acting or anything crazy to have a game hit you and immerse you and put you into this fantastic world. Um, it was just, you know, you had what you was on the screen and you just ran with it and let your imagination take care of the rest. Yeah. And he's right. If you look at it now, you'd probably be like, oh, God, that looks terrible. I wouldn't want to. Nope. Right. Uh-uh. But, I mean, that's that's what we had as kids. You know, that yeah. was that was like 
that's what fueled our imagination and obviously that that's that's what hit him and that's i think that's awesome so we've all got those games that we would we have fond memories of but would go never go back and play oh yeah like uh block man on the yeah. ti-83 calculator <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about snake yeah Snake, I think I, I don't know if I still have it on my phone. You probably still can download Snake on your yeah. phone easily. Yep. Good old Snake. Blech. Blech. All right. So the next email that we have comes from Ryan over at oh. This Weekend in Revival Movement. So even though he wasn't on this episode, which he will be, coming up soon, future episode, uh, he did manage to get some of his wisdom on. Noise. He says... He's talking about Suikoden 3. He's replaying it for the for the show again. Sure. Uh, and he says, I was farming some Fury runes with Hugo in his Chapter 3 while listening to Episode 74, and it reminded me of the very first video game I ever played, one that still inspires me to this day. I thought I would take the opportunity to tell everyone about it. When I was no more than five years old, my father would often take me to a discount supermarket near where we lived. This market was often called the Disco Mart, I assume only because of the general linguistic insanity that pervaded the era of the 80s. There was a sole arcade machine of the original Star Wars game from 1983, Vector Graphics in all its glory. After we would shop, my dad would ask around the store for a short stool for me to stand on because I could not reach the standing controls. I'd play for a time while my dad looked over my shoulder and gave me advice. Always, after a few minutes, he would slap me on the shoulder and tell me that I won the game and that he was so proud of me. I only remember the feelings of satisfaction and joy as we left the market for home. Of course, the 1980s arcade titles are never known to be easy, and it was not until almost five years later that I discovered there was no winning on that machine. It just loops the same three levels again and again until the player loses, each round at a higher difficulty. However, in time, I've come to appreciate what my dad did for me then. For me, gaming was never a shame nor something to hide. It was an experience like no other. And this still inspires and informs me to this day, as I do not see gaming as a competition nor even a challenge, but as an experience as new and innocent as I was at five years old being lied to by my father. This is how I still see gaming to this day. In time, this drew me less toward games like Mortal Kombat, if that does not show my age too abruptly, uh, and more towards games that sought to communicate and share an experience with the player through unity of gameplay and story. Needless to say, some 12 years later, I found Suikoden, and the rest is known at least to you three. Uh, (laughs) But I often wonder if I would ever play games today if not for that rundown quarter bandit at a market with a questionable repute. At first of all, he, God, you can, I mean, even his writing yeah. is like, he's so smart. Uh, but I, I love that email, man. I, another star Wars game. I wonder if it's the same one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Atari 2600 was earlier than that. Wasn't it? I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Uh, star Wars just kicking it for everybody back then. But, I mean that's so cool when you can you can you get a connection not only from the video games but also you know a memory that that ties in in this case his father to uh, you know what he was doing and, and yeah. just being like great job you know heck yeah you won and stuff and regard that's what he's saying is like regardless of how the game went he wasn't trying to like necessarily beat the high score or, or like you know yeah. finish the storyline or do any any goals or anything like that he literally just liked the fact that he was doing this thing and his dad was there you know, giving him support and, and, and stuff. And I, I think that's so cool that gaming was actually able to do that for him. And, you know, I can only imagine going from that to, to sweep it in. And, uh, <laughs> that's a quite I mean, a leap. We know, we know how much he likes, uh, like sweep it in. So, yeah. Thank you guys for, for everybody that wrote in. That's, that's freaking awesome. And I, I love, love, love hearing that kind of stuff. Those kind of stories. Do you guys have anything to say on either of those at all? 
Mark? I knew he would do you that. You just laugh. <laughs> no, I don't know. They're great stories. I have to give you that. Um, and it does kind of remind me of back in the day playing mm-hmm. original NES with my brother and yeah. just trying to get as far as we could in all the games, like uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. The worst thing in the world, oh my God, when you're uh, you're getting really far in Super Mario Bros and then it's dinner time and you have to shut yeah. off the console. Yeah, poor saving. I, I've noticed though, like when, I'm, when I think back on, on games that I played back then, I think... It's a hundred percent true that that you know I don't remember so much beating these games or getting super far so much as I do the things that were with me while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect example example Contra for regular Nintendo. I could not tell you the first. I've beaten that game like a hundred times at least. I can't tell you what it felt like the first sure. time I did it because I don't remember. But I remember that every time I went over to my grandmother's house, my cousin Michael and I would play that thing, and it became a tradition every time. And now, like if we see each other. Um, and we have like a family reunion or something like that back east. That's what we do. We sit down and we play through Contra, even at this age, just because it, you know, it was it was tradition. It was our memory, yeah. And that's that's kind of the feeling that 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 they're portraying here. And I think that's so cool that that gaming can do that. Yeah, I I agree. I think that um, I don't. I think it's objectively objective that game good games today blow good games in the past out of the water just because there's still the good stuff that you had from the old games. Now you've got more stuff to the new games. However, we, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode where those were our first experiences. So they're, they're always going to be magnified greatly as to po- as opposed right. to now when we're veterans of the gaming world. So a great game is not going to grip us as much as a game that we first played back when gaming was growing. Yeah. So you have that sense of like, I know who was there. All my friends were there. You have the sense of like, your surroundings, like I, I can't tell you who. Well, you know, I don't have any memories of Mass Effect's one of my favorite series, but that's not a series that like has that nostalgia feeling that JJ's referring to, where you remember like your friends that were playing with you and uh, the the scene you were at. So I, I do agree that there's something powerful about the first your first dip into the uh, the amazing when you when yeah. it comes to gaming. You know, definitely. Yep. All right. So again, thank you to everybody who wrote in. I uh, love hearing that stuff, and if you have a uh, gaming inspiration story. We would love to hear it for sure. Uh, send it our way over to frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at fngaming.net, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thefrozennorth. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. We're on Twitch now at twitch.tv slash frozennorthgames, um, usually Wednesdays and Thursdays between... Uh, seven and nine. Um, I'm on there uh, streaming live, and then uh, we're on iTunes where we'd appreciate you to subscribe and uh, rate us. Do it. And now Brian is going to fly through news. First article: Xenoblade Chronicles X is going to have an open world bigger than Skyrim, Fallout Four, and Witcher Three combined. Allegedly, um, obviously we have no proof of that yet, but that's what they are touting. And uh, as somebody who's played both Skyrim and Witcher Three, all I can say is holy beep. Uh, that's Witcher Three is by far the biggest game I've ever played. When you're adding those two other huge games on there, dude, you got three weeks to clear your calendar. It's gonna be almost half as big as Just Cause. <laughs> you always gotta have find a way to throw that in there. It is just world size though that they're talking and, 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 about. So. And I, what's really funny is I was thinking about this. What was my biggest gripe with Xenoblade Chronicles? That world felt empty. Yep. 
That's a big what I'm world, afraid of. A big world is nothing without it feeling alive. So yep. I hope they realize that. That's what I'm afraid of. Yep. yep. But you know what? Still looks great. I want to play it. <laughs> uh, and Batman Arkham Knight for the PC. Uh, they're offering refunds through the end of the end of the year. <laughs> so as you know, I got the uh, Batman Arkham Knight on the PS4, which is now the unarguable best version of the game. Uh, the PC version, even though they they did four months of work on it, just still having a lot of issues, technical issues. So I broke down and, and broke with the norm and got it on a console. Um, uh, as I call it, my potato quality PS4. <laughs> so you know what, though? It's still gorgeous on the PS4. It's just that it's not in glorious 60 frames per second, which it's okay. It's okay. Uh, poor, dang, poor Warner Brothers and Rocksteady, man. That's good on them, but wow, that is awful that... Yeah. yeah, it is what it is, though, I guess. It is what it is. So, uh, anyway, I've been playing that, you, as you know, in the, from the beginning of the game on my PS4, and I'm not regretting it at all. Another bit of Wii U news. What? The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess is getting an HD uh, facelift, uh, very akin to the Wind Waker HD lift they did. Um, they're given a release date of March 4th, 2016. Uh, also, really quick news that came out of the Nintendo Direct, uh, Dragon Quest... 7 and 8 are going to be finally brought over in the West on the uh, 3DS, which is going to be great. I'm getting those for sure. Um, and then uh, Cloud in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird. But we, Isaac, if you uh, if you uh, remember uh, our, our guy who writes reviews for us who was on uh, the Xenoblade episode that we did a while back, um, he, him and I were talking the other day, and he actually had a pretty interesting theory that uh, the FF7 remake might come to the NX. I could see that. And that, I mean... Uh, not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but I think I think it's a pretty, pretty solid guess. Sure, uh, if nothing else. So yeah, we'll I mean, see. it's coming out to all other platforms. Why wouldn't it? Yep. Come on now. Um, Square Enix. Speaking of cloud, they're actually uh, seeing some growth and some uh, revenue. This is actually uh, a really good news for this company. Um, after a couple of years of slumping. Uh, the AAA company Squeenix seems to be getting back on track with a uh, with its fantastic news. It's really fantastic news, honestly, for you know fans of the company, and it's good news for their blockbuster IPs uh, like Hajuko Hero, uh, Code Age Commanders, and of course uh, we can't forget All Star Pro Wrestling Three. Um, some of the blockbuster Square Enix um, IPs they've got going for them. So, yeah. anybody, any thoughts? Nope. Not really. yeah. Okay. Anyway, but Square Enix looks like they're making some good choices, so they're they're growing. Uh, hopefully, we'll see them uh, pump out some more of those sweet Code Age Commander games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ubisoft also. Uh, I'm just going to glaze over this real quick. The Ubisoft came out with a like sales graph for all consoles. They saw an actually decline in console gaming this generation. Console gaming, an uptick in PC gaming, and then a huge uptick in mobile gaming. Mobile being phone so we're starting to see a trend but i like that pc gaming's uh, making a bit of a, a bit of a push that's very important to me um as i am a huge pc advocate but just to give you an idea of the numbers six percent last time they did this on mobile gaming to 18 percent that's yeah. huge it's gross that's a huge 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 uptick in um one category I think PC gaming only went from went up like six percent. So to see uh, a category go up twelve percent, that's ridiculous. And I think it's going to be an uptick trend from now on. So <laughs> boo, boo. 
microtransactions. Yay. Yay. Feature of gaming. And that's your news, guys. Wait. Wait. Uh, also, Fallout 4 sold 12 million copies in day one and made $750 million. Yeah. So basically, Disgusting. Fallout 4 is almost GTA 5. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go with that. Just not getting the same reviews. Yeah. <laughs> That's from people. That's like, like reviewers and, and, and websites and stuff, they're actually being very kind of the game and, and telling even. it like it is, but people are just yeah. ripping it, it to shreds it, for no well, reason. Well, some of the jokes on the internet are like the people that would give it a good review are too busy playing. Mar- right. Yeah. Mar- Mark was very angry at these reviewers the other day. You, you were. Oh yeah, I was really upset. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. It's the rabble, 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 rabble crowd. Exactly. It just wants to find something. They, they aren't wrong. It isn't the best looking game ever made. No. But that's not a reason to give it a five right. out of ten. No. That's no. all. Yeah. All right. So Mark and I had recently had a chance to sit down with a local. Uh, content creator here in Kansas City. Uh, he, he, you may have heard him on our last episode. Actually, he kind of uh, he was one of the interviews that we did. Uh, his name is Eric. Goes by the uh, tag of Erkable Gamer. E R K A B L E G A M E R. Um, he does YouTube videos and streams sometimes. Really, really nice guy. And uh, we we had a good interview with him. And uh, we're gonna let you hear that now. Take it away, JJ. All right. And Mark and I are here with Eric here to talk about. Uh, some content creating. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and uh, why you're here with us today? Uh, well, I've been playing video games basically all my life. Uh, my The first gaming memory I've had, uh, which I said on the last episode, was uh, Legend of Zelda. Um, but it's entirely possible that... I'm sure I've played before that because we had a NES with the dual cart um, Duck Hunt and Super Mario oh, combo. Yeah. Um, so that's an idea of how long I've been playing since probably like 1994 but been playing games all my life and yeah it's it's all all I ever want to do like but hey we can relate man uh so are you like as far as as far as when you started out were you just Nintendo right out of the gate like for a long time like I know most people started with Nintendo from to my knowledge but like some people did split off into Sega or Heck, like uh, TurboGrafx-16 and PC Engine and that kind of stuff. Not many, but uh, was it was it pretty much just Nintendo up until, you know, PC kicked in? Basically, so I, I had the NES. My grandmother had the Sega Genesis, and my uncle had the SNES. Uh, so from bouncing around, I played a little bit of everything, and then had a Nintendo 64, went from the 64 to the original Xbox. Xbox to 360, then PS3 and then PS4. I don't have a, a Xbox One yet. And I also have a, a decently powerful gaming PC, but yeah, just been moving up, I guess. So wow, yeah. So you I mean you kinda just all around the world. I I basically like I tried to do the same thing. I had a lot of friends that had all these other consoles and everything. And I would try to go there and, and you know, I'd get to play at their houses and stuff, but as far as me my parents were were not too supportive of my video game habits growing up, so you know they would get me one console and and the games and everything like that that I would get. I would either have to wait for Christmas or you know I'd have to earn my own money and, and buy them myself. But uh, I don't know. Like as soon as I got a job and I was able to you know sustain myself, that's when I was like, all right, I'm getting all the stuff I missed when I was a kid, I, and I, just went crazy. I spend all of my money now. I spend way more than I should, and it's sad. Like looking back, like 
For example, I wish I never bought Resident Evil 6. Because <laughs> that game is terrible. Uh, that's 60 bucks down the drain that I could have spent on something else. But, yeah. Like, the two, I guess, major holes in my gaming history would be PS1 and PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, never, I, I had a PS2 for, like, a very, very short period. And mo- all I really played on it was so calm with my friends. That was about oh, it. Oh, cool. Heck, yeah. So, so you are a content creator who does videos on YouTube, and I know you stream a little bit as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like what your channel is and, and, and what you do on there? So my YouTube channel, uh, that is Urkable Gamer, E-R-K-A-B-L-E-G-A-M-E-R, is mostly at the moment is all Let's Play content, um, basically just playing through games. I've played through Until Dawn, Soma, um, currently working on Fallout 4. Um, You'll be there a while. Yeah, I'll be there a while. <laughs> um, I'd like to expand that out into, like, I don't know if review content is, like, the best thing, but um, maybe, like, first impressions or, um, like, just an overview of a game. But, like, that at the moment is what I'm working on is mostly just Let's Plays because working a full-time job, girlfriend, and then trying to make videos yeah. every basically every day, Monday through Friday. It gets difficult. That well, I mean, I, for me, like doing that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I we just started streaming uh, for our thing, and like we we do one episode every two weeks, and then now that I'm I'm just streaming it Wednesdays and Thursday nights, so that's three four days out of the week, depending on when I edit, and that's every other week as well. I can't even imagine every freaking night of the week. Like that's just. No way, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I, yeah, I can understand. It's part of the reason why focusing on Let's Play content at the moment as well is because it's a little bit easier to put together. It's like just, it's improv, like start, finish, mostly like cutting out moments of silence, um, like in the game, like in Fallout, there's a lot of wandering around and uh, like just scavenging. So maybe not the best areas to come up with clever commentary, but... (laughs) Um, so it's mostly uh, with Fallout, it's all story stuff, but with games like, um, uh, Until Dawn, it was, it was very, very easy. It was almost like just putting in the, like, so I record everything separately, the, the game capture my audio mm-hmm. and then, um, I, I put face cam in my videos, um, because everybody does that. Why not? Right. Especially for the horror games, you got to get those, like the reactions. Reactions, yeah. Mark, oh, yeah. Mark tells me I need to move the camera closer uh, to my face when I'm you playing. You do. <laughs> I need to see your reactions. Yeah, because you watch every time I do it. I watched once or twice. You watched when we tested it. That was it. I watched, Let's be I honest. watched Tank substitute for you the other day. Oh, well, I feel better about me. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't know, man. I, I On the subject of Fallout 4, though, I, I got to say I, I kind of disagree a little bit because I feel like a game like that, like Skyrim, like, uh, well, any Elder Scrolls game, Oblivion, um, you are essentially creating your own adventure. Like, yeah, I mean, most of it is menial stuff where you're just picking up supplies and everything like that. But since you are the one who is creating this organic experience from start to finish, I feel like that would be like, you know, something prime for a streamer to do to be able to go in there and comment on the things that they are experiencing themselves rather than just going through a, uh, you know, from start to finish path. Uh, like Final Fantasy Thirteen, uh, but yep, had to get the dig in there. Had to do it once. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, seriously, I I I think it's a a great choice for for something like that. Yeah. Um, like the the creating your own story is definitely a part of it. Like I uh, in a future episode, uh, I went through this kind of like half flooded uh, 
like little town and I was just walking through there is like this is very empty and kind of ominous and then suddenly ghouls just started popping up out of the water out of nowhere and I was quickly swarmed <laughs> um I think I almost died but I I pushed through it and was able to succeed but um yeah there's all a lot of little moments but at the same time there's there's definitely moments of silence uh, sure that's that's any game though and I I, yeah. I mean I think just because this one is so massive you're gonna get a few more in there that are that are like that but again I I I don't know. I think since it is your own experience, it's you know it, just being able to see that organic reaction from somebody uh, while oh, they're yeah. they're playing their own story essentially is uh, is a cool thing. So I mean, as far as as far as doing this stuff and and creating that kind of content, and everything what what got you interested in doing that? Uh, so back like five years ago now. Um, so there's this little game that came out uh, in alpha and beta called Minecraft. Um, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a little, this is a little indie game, you know. It's, but I don't think it's doing very well right now. No, I think Microsoft it's past. is thinking about buying it. Yeah, right. um, but anyway, so there is this game, like just hearing rumors about this game, like you can run around, do everything, dig up the world, craft things. It, it sounded magical, like something I've always wanted as a kid, like just to be able mm-hmm. to basically Legos, but in a game, virtual Legos, yep. unlimited Legos, absolutely. Um, so I got on YouTube, started looking up gameplay, and I came across this uh, YouTuber. He, he's not very prominent anymore, but uh, I think his Minecraft Let's Play has like over 5 million views on him. I think he was one of the first guys to do it. Uh, it's called X's Adventures in Minecraft. Um, so I started there on episode one and was learning about the game, and then I eventually bought it after watching it, but I was enamored with um, the game itself and... Um, X himself, the the guy, the personality, mm-hmm. um, and I th- I think that's why a lot of people watch the stuff. Like they they go for th- for the game, they stay for the person. Yeah. Um, but that's that's like the main line. What got me started back when Red vs Blue first became a thing. That's when I learned like this is really cool. This is going to be something big someday. One, I'm really young right now. Two, I have no money. And three, I have no idea how to even go about capturing video. I thought that they were somehow like positioning a video camera up perfectly on the TV <laughs> and capturing it off that way. Because um, like back, what was that? Like 2003, 2002, mm-hmm. um, probably even before that. Like how like consumer grade capture gear is a relatively recent phenomenon, right? Like probably within 2011 2012 so yeah that's that's basically like what got me interested what got me started on this um even though i didn't really start until about six or seven months ago Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome i think uh some people are just naturally creators Mm -hmm. as well like yeah you'll never be satisfied if you're not making something i'm definitely that way back in like junior high and high school running websites making videos whatever not because it was successful or anyone wanted to see it just because i had to make something yeah mark wasn't yeah. satisfied with this podcast so he had to go and make his own that's right so yeah <laughs> and, and i've I, personally i've never felt creative mm-hmm. um in that way like i'm not artistically talented um i can kind of play the guitar a little bit but i like ironically my mom's a music teacher can't read music um <laughs> <laughs> uh so what I found, like, I I really enjoy working with video and audio and editing and, and that stuff. So that's 
that's an, another reason why I yeah. do this. Um, and plus, I love video games, so why not uh, yeah. merge the two things together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, you, you and I kind of, we, we messed around a little bit online the other day. You had asked me to come in and, and check your new setup that you were working with and stuff. And I mean, I, I, I can tell you, like I even told you while we were in there, like I'm impressed with how much prep work you've put into this thing and how much research you've done to see what works and uh, what's going to be an optimal setup. And then the fact that you were still testing stuff out, even though you've been doing this, how long have you been doing this now? About uh, six or seven months. Streaming is still fairly new to me, but... Mm-hmm. Um, still six yeah. or seven months and you're still, you know, working with things, still trying to improve and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people who try it, you know, two or three times just because they want to show their friends what they're playing and that's it. And they call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you are putting a lot of time and effort into this, which, you know, shows in, in the quality of the stuff that you're putting out. And I told you, uh, when we first met, I was like, you know, I'd love to do a, a spot with you on the show. Have you come on, talk about your thing, but I want to see what you do first. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I can, I can, you know, get behind it and I can actually know what I'm talking about when I say this. And I'm just not like, oh, yeah, go check out this guy. Um, he says he's good. Go for it, you know. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, you know, to everybody out there listening, I, I can tell you for sure I've, I've checked him out. And it really is entertaining to watch. Like, I'm really – and I've said this on the, on the show before. I'm not huge on Let's Plays myself just because I'd rather be playing it myself and, and going through that experience, you know, to make it my own. But – especially in cases of games that, that I would not have played otherwise. Um, I'm Even with all the hype that Brian and Mark gave me on Bloodborne, I had no interest in playing it because I thought it looked too hard and too crazy. After watching your videos on it, though, I watched uh, like just the first three or four of them, I was like, I really want to try this now and see what I can do. Um, because not only were you, were you showing off the gameplay and showing what the game was, was like, um, how difficult it was, good lord, but you also were, you know, adding your own commentary and saying like, okay, well, you can do this, and and I usually do this, and just kind of spicing it up in your own way. That just makes the games more attractive to me. And then having somebody else on there talking about it, honestly, it's like I think that's a big reason why it's become so popular is you're getting to know these people who have the same interests as you already, and you know whether they, you know, they're on on your screen and stuff they they obviously don't know you for the most part um unless you're commenting and 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 they're commenting back and that kind of stuff but it's like i don't know there there's just that that connection that you feel with somebody who you know is going through the same stuff that you've either been through or you're thinking about going through and you you just share that with them you know as corny as that sounds that's kind of how i look at it um what about you what do you what do you think is a big reason why streaming has taken off uh, and let's blaze uh, has taken off so much in recent years. So I I look at this in a few different ways. People are kind of scared to try new experiences. Like you said, like you probably would have never tried Bloodborne, but nope. now you're kind of interested at least. Oh yeah, um, and and I see the price dropping now too, so it's even more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got you interested in Bloodborne just by you watching it. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing is, like, gaming is becoming more and more popular. You got people... What I think is happening is you got kids uh, on their phone games and stuff. Right. And then they eventually graduate, quote, um, <laughs> onto bigger and better things like console and PC. Sure. Um, they don't have a lot of money themselves. They need to figure out what they're going to be asking for for Christmas or um, what they're going to spend their money on. So what's the best way to learn about this stuff is just watching like just raw unfiltered gameplay essentially yeah. uh that's why like streaming is insanely popular you see like new games 
on uh, on Twitch being at the top for like at least a, a week. Um, yeah, Fallout 4 is still up there. And when it first came out that first day, that's all you saw on Twitch pretty much. Yeah. So you have people wanting to learn about these new games, figure out if it's something that they're interested in buying. And then the like after that, the way people get big is they live and learn with the YouTuber, the streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, they like learn what they're into, what their preferences are. Um, they can almost the way reviews are going nowadays to a more personality driven way. Mm-hmm. They're learning like what makes you tick to figure out, okay, my, my sensibilities align with this person. They like this game. That means right. I'll probably like that game too. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see somebody on there who you, you feel you're seeing their personality and you think that they are very similar to the way you act and the way you respond to, uh, well, gaming in this case, absolutely that would tell you right there whether you would you know be interested in the same kind of stuff that they're going through that's a, that's a great point all right you told me this was the hardest one that that i was going to ask you but i gotta ask it so on our show our one of our sticks is uh is top five so i gotta know man because we're talking about personality and you got a channel and we want people to know your personality what are your top five games of all time it's a very tall order you're asking me um <laughs> which one of your kids do you like the best yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to start this off with saying that this list changes constantly. As does ours. Um, (laughs) so an honorable mention I would like to say is Metal Gear Solid five. Um, that game was completely insane to me. I ended up hundred percenting it after 158 hours of play. Um, but I won't get too far into that. So number five for me is super Mario 64. That game like prove to everyone that 3d platforming is entirely not like not only entirely possible, but super duper fun. It was giving the proper controls and options within the game. Like there, that hub area in the very beginning outside of uh, the castle, it's not only a hub area. It also teaches you the mechanics of the game, mm-hmm. like how to jump uh, if you jump out a tree, you can climb it. If you climb up to the top, you'll do a little handstand, and then you can do a backflip off of it. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, the game informed so, like, so many future games, it's almost impossible to not include it on my list, even though I'm not uh, super big into platformers myself, but that game was insane to me. It's still one of the best games, uh, well, A, one of the best games ever made, and B, well, we're going to be talking about our... Uh, our top five N64 games later on this episode, and awesome. that that is may or may not be on my list. That's probably on everybody's everybody's list, I would assume. Maybe no. <laughs> Somebody had to be different. Oh, I didn't. Is it on yours? No. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't like oh, JJ said this. I'm I'm not putting it on my list now. No, it just didn't end up on my list. <laughs> oh, see how he ruins everything. It's just yeah. just it's Mark. It's got to be different. That's right. Got to be unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid pick, though. What's uh, what's number four? Number four. Um, I I keep going back and forth with this, but so I I don't play it anymore, and it's not because I got sick of it. It's not because there's nothing else to do. It's mostly because like it's weird to say this, but I can't find the motivation to go back because it was so magical for me for probably three hundred to five hundred hours. Oh. Um, Minecraft. Oh there yeah you go. yeah. Uh, I, so I got in that game. I think it was uh, beta one point. 
1.6. It was like right before the Wolves update, if that means anything to you. Um, I know what you mean. So, like, that game was, like I said earlier, everything I had dreamed about as a child. Like, going out into those wilderness, this, like, vast wildlife, mm-hmm. chop down trees, build whatever the heck you want. Um, like, so many possibilities, and they've been just, like, adding on to it and adding on to it and adding on to it. Um, but like, that game, it one, it still boggles the mind that that thing can even exist. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know. It's it's a near perfect game if like ignore the combat. Combat's garbage. Just sure. Just yeah, but that's quick, 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 quick. Oh, far from but, what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not about that. It's about creating, about building, yep. um, thriving in this world, and then making cool pixel art because why not? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who played with Legos as a kid is oh, bound yeah. to find it's, something. That Hell, anybody yeah. nowadays is bound to find something that they like with Minecraft. Even yeah. if you don't like just the building aspect of it, there's so many mods and so many like different servers that have different goals and objectives now. <laughs> there's so many way. games within the game. Uh, how much does the game cost? It's I think now it's like $27. So it's like the cost of one Lego when, set. When I bought it, and it you can 15. make as many things as you possibly yeah. could imagine. Um, yeah, so it's, that's pretty incredible. It is insane. Plus, all the multiplayer stuff, like uh, on PC, you have mods upon mods upon mods. Yeah, you go down a deep dark rabbit hole. <laughs> and hey, if it wasn't for Minecraft, we wouldn't have games like Rust or DayZ. All of the unfinished survival games. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they they owe a ton to uh, the city to building Minecraft. in Fallout. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. that definitely. Yes. You can see it in there. Yeah, that, absolutely. That would not exist. A little bit, a little bit of a hipster moment here. Uh, I actually have been playing Minecraft since the alpha, and I bought oh, it for five dollars. Hey, wow. Oh, yeah, it was five bucks. When, I got it when, when it, it came was out. Fifteen, so it must have been the that beta. May have at that been point. beta. Yeah, your brother and I, when we lived together, we uh, we both got it. He got it first, and then I watched him play it, and I was like, "This is freaking cool." Yeah. And so, yeah, it was an alpha, and it was five bucks just because he wanted people to test it out. So, <sighs> no big deal. And now he's uh, outbidding. Uh, Jay-Z for houses in Los Angeles. Right, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, fantastic game, though. I don't... There's... If you find anybody who says they don't like Minecraft, it's because they ha- there's no way they've experienced everything about it. You can't. There's no way to. Uh, okay. Continuing on. Number three. Number three is Halo Combat Evolved. Number one? Or what now? The first one? Yes. Nice. <laughs> not, not not your number one yeah. game. You can like, me there a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. So Halo 1, so my parents won the original Xbox in a radio contest. Oh, cool. So that's why I even got that thing in the first place. Uh, influenced a lot. Um, so Halo was one of the first games I got on that thing. First-person shooters weren't really a thing on consoles. Like, if you go back to GoldenEye is, like, the last good one probably before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well... Take it or leave it. In perfect dark. Um, in perfect dark. Yeah. Um. So Halo One has this grand, epic story. You crash land on this alien world. That's also this weapon of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Um. You uncover, like, so you're fighting this alien race. You uncover these zombie plant creatures, and then, which some some people love it, some people hate it. I actually like the flood. Um. 
the the library still sucks. Oh, they're not there anymore. I want to say the reveal of the flood in Halo One is yes. one of the most magical moments in I agree. gaming. Horrifyingly magical moments. Yeah. I that game when when I first got there, it was it, almost akin to like playing Amnesia. Definitely did not want to progress. Because You're listening I was to the audio horrified. log. You're listening yeah. to the audio log of the Marine, and it's just building up the tension so much, it's terrifying. And then mm-hmm. just swarms and swarms and swarms. <laughs> um, so you, so annoying. You have this epic, uh, epic campaign, and then you go over to the multiplayer side, which at the time didn't have online multiplayer, um, mm-hmm. not until they uh, re-released it on Xbox One and, I guess, Xbox 360 as well. Um, but... It did have LAN support, which was probably my first introduction to LANs. My cousins were also big into Halo, and we went to a giant LAN party where we had four different Xboxes all set up. We did, I, I think it was Rockets on Hang'em High. Capture the Flag or Rockets on Hang'em High is what I want to say, and it was the most fun and magical night I've had <laughs> in multiplayer since GoldenEye on the N64. That game, that series will always hold a special place in my heart, even though I don't own an Xbox anymore. I played uh, every game but Reach, I think, and Halo Wars. Um, so have you played the new one? And five, my, my mm. mistake. Um, but definitely one of my favorite series of all time, but Halo 1, mostly because it's the first one, is probably on yeah, my got you into Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt about 2. 2 was the first one that I played in the series, and that's what got me into it. I had... And I've mentioned this on the show a handful of times, but I lived in a house with three other guys, and we had like what you're talking about with four Xboxes and TVs. That that was our basement, like that's how we lived, and it was ugh, it was ridiculous. I could I look back and I think of how much I could have accomplished in life if I didn't have that because <laughs> we spent so much time on there. It was a blast, don't get me wrong, but man, oh, just so much time on there. But I think I think your first game is always going to be the one that hits you the hardest. I recently went back and played them and. I was always under the impression that the first game didn't have much to it in the way of uh, single player, and I was blown away by by how much better I liked it than the second one. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought it was worlds better just because it was you the know, mystery it me to was yeah. so huge. And then Halo two and three were like, oh man, get ready. Oh, it's another Halo. It's, it was the same. <laughs> oh, thing. look, the flood. Right. Plus, Halo one actually had an ending compared yeah. to two. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I yeah I was I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, solid. Okay, number two, we're getting there. Uh, number two is the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. Uh, back to everyone's first is their favorite. I think that uh, applies to uh, the Elder Scrolls and I get any Bethesda RPG probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe depending on if you like futuristic or like fantasy setting, but um, everybody, I I have the opinion that everybody's first. Bethesda game is their favorite Bethesda game. Mine was happened to be Oblivion. Um, I put about 300 hours into that across um, PS3, Xbox 360, and PC just um, because I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did every, everything that you possibly could, and then when I did that, I messed with uh, glitches. There was a big duplication glitch where you could um, duplicate anything in the world if you had a scroll and then just any item. Um, so I filled people's houses with watermelons and, and <laughs> did all kinds of fun because stuff. Because you can. Because you can, and then yeah. you break the game, and then you can't use that save anymore. <laughs> um, but that that game also has my favorite quest line of all time, which is the Dark Brotherhood uh, quest line, and that is 
probably my favorite RPG quest ever. Wow. So cool. I I didn't do the one in Oblivion, but I did the one in Skyrim, and it was awesome. It, it does not compare. Really, it's, it's a lot better. more varied in Oblivion. There there oh, is great. a um, they send you on a contract to this like house party, mm-hmm. and you can you can kill everybody yourself, or you can put all the guests against each other and have them kill each other. And then you just have to take out the last guy. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, now I want to go back it's, and play a It's yeah. really good. Go back if for nothing else you play that quest. I well, I have to I have to complete it. I've only played the intro a couple of times. Uh not cuz I didn't want to keep going, just because it's one of those and I really hope I don't get that with Fallout. Anytime I play a Bethesda game like that, I tend to not finish it because I get too busy doing side stuff, and then I just end up being like, uh, we'll move forward tomorrow, and okay, tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, yeah. and then eventually I just stop. I'm but already there with Fallout 4. The side stuff is the good stuff in Bethesda games. Absolutely. So usually the, oh, yeah. like the main quest isn't very good. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's I definitely get my money's worth every single time. Um, I just as far as finishing them goes <laughs> doesn't really work out for me all right man number one what is your favorite game of all time number one the last of us Whew. i am a sucker for zombie apocalypse essentially um so that game i cried in the first 15 minutes <laughs> if you played it you know what i'm talking about but it's that, pretty gut-wrenching it's yeah it's harsh it, it, it hit me harder because joel looks a lot like my dad Oh, really? Yeah. And I've never seen him cry, and in that moment, it was kind of like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything beyond that, but... <laughs> um, So, like, that game, like, I'm a sucker for zombie apocalypse stories. You'll be hard-pressed to find one better in any medium, whether it be books, movies, video games, than this one, in in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it is a master class in storytelling. Um, it builds a genuine relationship between Joel and Ellie throughout the game. They start out, they want nothing to do with each other. Ellie doesn't even want to, doesn't want to be with Joel. She wants mm-hmm. to uh, be with whoever she was with before. Then they, they learn, they grow, they teach each other things. Um, and eventually become fairly attached. One person more than the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, As shown by the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that ending. but I liked it, too. Yeah. Uh, it just was very unexpected. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't your stereotypical, like, where you would think it would be going. There's And a lot of people thought, like, it would give you a choice at the very end, but no. Nope. You just no, see you, what happens. You gotta, you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even if you don't like the ending, though, the fact that it... it, it pulls out some sort of emotion from you shows that you know it did its job yeah we we tout that game all the time it's it's spectacular and i'm not gonna get into specifics here but there's they did something very very cool that i don't think a lot of people noticed so in the very beginning and at the very end there are two scenes that play out like they contrast each other so well Mm -hmm. that if you notice it it's it's very special and then makes you understand so much more <laughs> like to put everything into context i'll i'll tell you guys whenever we're done if you guys <laughs> didn't see it cuz i don't want to spoil it for anybody but no definitely um like like even i know a lot of people didn't like the gameplay too much but i i played through on hard on the first 
time through and I'm an advocate saying like that's how you should play it because the supplies are like constrained in a way you yeah like you're actually struggling to find ammo and supplies and everything as opposed to playing on you're easy where <laughs> you're running through and you have 18 bullets and that's all that you can carry but on hard you'll be hard pressed to even have full ammo <laughs> typically Ugh. like typically um so like just yeah you have to use your fist you have to use bricks and bottles in combat and um improvise and then barely make it through it's i enjoyed it <laughs> it's a fantastic game it can't is. deny that definitely so i i i support it 100 percent. and i just smashed the table and that's what that was <laughs> so apologize <laughs> um okay cool well thank you so much for taking the time to uh to sit down with us and, and tell us about you know the the things that you're doing online and everything like that really really exciting stuff and and can't wait to see what you do in the future um do you have any, if somebody's like thinking about actually wanting to get into streaming and, or, uh, you know, posting videos, content creation, um, do you have any tips like in the, in the, in the time you've been doing it that you've kind of like learned that you did not know before that you wish you had? Uh, nothing that I haven't learned already, but my advice to anyone who wants to start doing this is to just do it. Um, it sounds stupid and simple, but like really that's all you have to do. And like, so I only have... I think 50 subscribers at the moment and only like a few views on each video, but mm-hmm. I'm keeping at it. Like I have almost 200 videos on my channel now. Um, it's growing a little bit each day, but you know, um, so like just keep at it. And even though you think you might not have the equipment necessary, you might, if you have a PS4, that's really all you need. That, I'm sub- I was surprised at how little it took to actually like, get something like that up and running. Like, if you have a PS4 or an Xbox One that has built-in uh, game recording on it, a built-in editor on it, and you can upload straight to YouTube straight from there. And you can also stream stri- uh, stream straight to Twitch, um, YouTube, Ustream. It's got it all built in. Um, so there's really no excuse. Yeah, my advice is to just do it. Stay persistent. Like, I, in all honesty, nobody's watching my stuff right now, but I don't care because i enjoy doing it you'd go crazy if you weren't doing it yeah exactly yeah for sure no i that's exactly how we started the podcast i had wanted to do it for years before we actually did it and eventually i just said you know what screw it i'm just gonna do it and then i you know got a bunch of people together asked who wanted to who was interested and we rest is history so uh mark you got anything else uh nope (laughs) (laughs) uh weren't you gonna ask what kind of setup he uses yeah, I was going to ask if you had, like, an Elgato set up for streaming. Yes, uh, so I have, for console, I have a Elgato uh, Elgato Game Capture HD60, which is, it's okay. There's probably better capture cards that you could use. There's uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit of delay on it if you're using it for streaming, so you have to do a little bit more mm-hmm. work. But works pretty well for uh, capturing console footage at a, a higher quality than what your, like, consoles can already do. Um then on PC, I have I have a Fraps license, a XSplit license, and uh, I use a free program. You guys, I think you guys use it for your podcast, Audacity, mm-hmm. to yes. record yep. audio. Um, very uh, free, powerful tool to uh, capture and edit audio. There's a lot of free uh, sources out there. Like, just go to YouTube and, like, type in anything. You learn how to edit a video, learn how to edit audio. Um, that's that's how I did it. Just a quick few tutorial videos and then a lot of practice. It's so much, yeah, but it's so much easier than people think to get into it. 
and weirdly engrossing. Yeah, I actually enjoy editing sometimes. <laughs> Depends. Unless, unless Mark is talking. Eh. <laughs> but yeah, just do it. That no, <laughs> I like Shia LaBeouf and Nike say, just do it. <laughs> you are hundred percent correct. That's exactly the same advice I would give. So uh, as far as podcasts go. Cool. Well, thank you so much, man, for uh, for sitting down with us. Uh, Eric, thank you. once again, where can they go to see your stuff? So across YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, it is Erkable Gamer, E-R-K-A-B-L-E-G-A-M-E-R. Perfect. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, with that, I think we'll head back over to us in the studio. Hello, and, us. Uh, that's the... Uh, yes. Uh, we're going to we're going to see future Brian again. That's right. <laughs> it's oddly appropriate. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, we uh, we hope to hear from you soon, and uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing what you do in the future. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. And we are back. Thank you, JJ and Mark, for that fantastic interview. <laughs> uh, big thanks to uh, to Eric for for hanging out with us in the studio and and talking about his. YouTube creations and his streaming ability and, and yeah. giving us a little uh, technical feedback on what it takes to, to do so. Well, you guys didn't irk him, did you? We did. We did not irk him. He he he's did very, not. He's he's did very not <laughs> he did not irk us because he brought donuts. He did bring donuts. Yeah, it was pretty uh, oh, sweet. Oh snap! Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Okay, but yeah, go check him out. Irkable gamer. E R K A B L E G A M E R. Like I said earlier, he is just a really really good guy and does a fantastic job just high quality and really really good production and he's always willing to to share any info that he's got on there with uh with other people so if you're curious about streaming tune in i'm sure he'd be happy to give you advice and stuff too okay so moving on really quick we uh we actually just like in the middle of recording this episode we got a uh notification from uh one of the guys over on on mark's show uh tank who actually did some streaming for us early last week um, through our channel on Twitch? Uh, he actually has an extra Steam code for Fallout Four, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. He does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you keep you're keeping it simple. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is be, because it's coming from Tank, and you guys have your your other show that you're doing, our sister show, The Fool's yep. Lantern. We're gonna try and do a little bit of a, a cross promotion here. Um, we're going to do a contest and give away this Steam key. So you get a free copy of Fallout 4 for the PC, which is brand bucks. new. Yeah. yeah, this is a fantastic freaking deal. Uh, so it's going to come down to, hopefully you're listening to this episode early, right after I release it on Monday night. <laughs> um, and then you got you to gotta go hear you know, what they say. So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you what the contest is, and there's going to be something that you need to do with Mark's show, The Fool's Lantern. And, well, here we go. Okay. You'll 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 get it. So the past few episodes, they've been going over Battlestar Galactica, the TV series that that was out a few years ago on Sci-Fi. Uh, fantastic show, by the way. If you haven't oh, seen yeah. it, dude, go check it out for sure. And uh, their commentary just makes it that much better. But so that's what they've been going through their past few episodes, and that's kind of what this contest is going to have to do with. So in order to have a chance to win, you're going to have to listen to some of their episodes to to figure this out. If you're already a listener, you may already have it, and you can you know fire this away right away. So the question is: Recently, on Mark's other podcast, The Fool's Lantern, Stitch, who is another one of the hosts, keeps mispronouncing Admiral Adama's name by calling him something else. What name does he keep calling him? 
So how does Stitch actually refer to Admiral Adama? Mistakenly, Stitch is a goofball. Yeah. Uh, but he keeps calling him something else. He doesn't say Adama. He says something else. What does he keep calling him? What you have to do is you have to tweet that to us at FN Podcast on Twitter. And the first person to do so gets the uh, the Steam key. That's it. Am I missing anything? Nope. Uh, should I give them uh, like the slightest hint? No. No. It's for Fallout 4. Are you kidding me? I would just suggest look at the earlier episodes. Yes. Because yeah. he started to get the name correct after he learned his name. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> the the earlier episodes of when the, the earlier episodes of when you do uh uh Battlestar Battle Galactica. Yeah. Not like the first episode where you don't even talk about no. it. <laughs> so you want to look at their Battlestar Galactica episodes. The Fool's Lantern is the name of it. They're also on iTunes. Um and I think Mark posts the links on our website yeah. as well. Yep. So they'll be up there as well. But so you want to find out what Stitch calls Admiral Adama instead of Adama. He says something else. And you want to tweet that to us at FN Podcast. First person to do so gets a Steam key for Fallout 4. That's, That's pretty sweet deal. Pretty solid. Like one of the best prizes we've had. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. So thank you, Tank, for uh for, for setting that up. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Thank the tank. All right. Top five. We're gonna Bust out this top five quick because, uh, well, for one, we're, we're kind of running short on time. But also, in a Frozen North first, Brian and I have the exact same list. Different well, we have order. This, yeah, different order, but the same game. Same five games. Woo! Mark had to be different. Birds of a feather. They have fro- They have wings. Um, yes. That's, that's the saying, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Oh, boy. Birds of a Feather is nine-tenths of the law. All right, so top five Nintendo 64 games. Do we have any quick honorable mentions? Uh, Mortal Kombat 64. Never played it. Blast Core, for sure. Yeah. Mark? <laughs> nope. Okay. I've got a hard enough time coming up with this uh, top Castlevania five. Castlevania 64. No, man, these are all great games on mine. Nightmare Creatures is freaky, but it's it's really fun as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's a handful of other ones. Nintendo 64 had some really, really good games on it, but I think the ones that we have were the ones that really, really hit hard uh, for a oh, lot of people. Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. I never played it. Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. Yep, yep. for sure. So there's, there you go. All right. So number five, I'll start us off. Number five. My number five is Star Fox 64, but hey, it shows up on somebody else's list later I on. Have no idea. So we'll talk about it then. Mark. My number five is Gauntlet Legends. And you might say, Gauntlet Legends, is that really an exclusive game? It was a timed exclusive. But in defense of saying it was an exclusive to in, <laughs> in 64, uh, the PlayStation 2 only had two controller ports, and the game supports up to four players. Oh, yeah. So anyone who bought it on the PS2 is stupid. That hurt. You could buy the <laughs> you adapter. You first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. You heard it here You could first. buy the adapter to plug in more uh, controllers. All right. If you did that, you're not stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is a fantastic game. I know JJ would always come over and play yep. it with us as well, and it was yeah. We all had our so controllers good. with our memory cards in the back, so we had our own characters yep. saved. We yeah. all loaded them up. Yeah, that was great. The RP- there are RPG elements. You could like go to the monster spawners and just continuously kill stuff to get more and more items. Yep, absolutely yeah. awesome. Great yep. game, uh, Brian. My number five is Super Mario sixty four, but we're going to talk about that a little later. All right. My number four is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. But once again, it shows up later on somebody else's list. Yeah. This is getting weird. So we'll talk about that then. Mark. My number four is Super Smash Bros. And nobody else had it on their list? These is that other Melee? Five games, is that it's, a, it's a great game, but these yeah. other five games. Is no, Melee me- is GameCube. Me- okay, what's the one for 
It's just Super Smash Bros. It's just yep, the yeah, first that's one. right. Yep. Original. Uh, I didn't own an N64 when it was popular. I got one w- later on. But this is one of the games I played when I visited a friend who had an N64. Just got really into it. Because it's a, it's a fighting game, but it's completely different than other fighting games. It kind of adds, it injects an element of randomness. So it breaks up the like perfection that you can try to achieve in many fighting games. And I just got completely obsessed with it when I was visiting that friend and got deep into it and loved it. Yeah, it was a fun game when it came out. It was yeah. nothing, we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And when people ask, like, what is Smash Brothers? What's that about? You would just say, well, it's Nintendo characters beating the crap out of each other. Yep. That's all it is. <laughs> and that's what it is. Still to this day. Fantastic game. Brian, your number four is the same as Mark and I's number three. So we'll just go ahead and talk about it. Absolutely. What is it? It's Goldeneye. 007. Goldeneye yes. 007. Fantastic game. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week, uh, week before last week on the show. Just fantastic, fantastic game. One of the shooters that put shooters on the map. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you would get, you know, a four bunch of your friends split. together. You'd have four-player split screen, and you would just switch off, and it, nobody could play as the Baron because he was too short, and he couldn't. Uh, oddball. Right. It was oddball. 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 Oh, man, there's yep. so many cool, I mean, these were like exploits, Odd job. I guess. Odd job. Odd job. Oddball. Wow. Oddball. Odd job. Odd terrible. But, uh, oh, yeah, you knew. Whoa. Hey, <laughs> calm down. Uh, so anyway, I had uh, I had a Game Shark for the uh, uh, N64 at one point. This was later on when I you got it. You would. Hold on. Let me defend myself here and explain why it was good. Okay, so everyone loves Facility, right? Yes. Awesome map. You spawn up in the, in the, in the bathroom. Uh, vents and vents. come down to the bathroom. Well, it's also a single-player map that has much more to it. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, Game Shark or Game Genie, I don't know which one it was, but with that, you could actually make that door that's blocked off in the multiplayer passable and open the entire map up in multiplayer. Interesting. It's fantastic. It was super cool. The fact that you could like shoot the ammo and pick it up and that's where it would respawn from then on. Yeah. And that you could like change the map to your advantage if you wanted to. Huh. I got way too into this game. <laughs> yeah. It was a great game. Brian, you got anything to add? Uh, playing four players with friends. Uh, the campaign also was extremely tough, but... I love Very it. Very cinematic for its time. You beat stuff in certain times. You unlock things. And yep. Yeah, it was it was it was ahead of its time. Yeah, absolutely for sure. All right, so that's our Mark and I's number three. Brian, what's your number three? My number three, which is your JJ number five, Star Fox sixty four. Fantastic game. Oh man, the uh, indep- I call it the Independence Day mission. If you guys remember the movie Independence Day where you had the big old dome ship flying over the city and a bunch of little ships flying, there was a mission in Star Fox 64 that captured that almost to a T. And I still get chills thinking about that, seeing that mission for the first time, seeing the big old alien uh, saucer flying over you and all their little yep. ships flying out. Man. That's, which makes me even more excited for the re-release of Star Fox 64 on Wii U. HD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was mean. Uh, I apologize. It still looks shot, cool. Taking pot shots at Nintendo. But then you want to talk about the multiplayer too? Uh, I don't have too much experience with the multiplayer, really? not because I didn't like it. I loved it, but nobody wanted to play with me because I was too good at it. I remember uh, playing multiplayer, and you could unlock the tank and then the little actual, like, people. You had to get... There were set special ways to do it, but you could... In so, Star Fox 64? Yes. So, when you're playing multiplayer, you could play with the ships. Right. Somebody could play as a tank, and then somebody could play as li- the literal person, like Falco or, you know... In Star Fox 64? Yeah. Yep. 
I don't remember that at all. Yeah, they were hard to unlock. I know the tanks were easier to unlock. There were special levels that you had to go to to do that, but I remember doing that, and it was so fun to play as like the the like play as Fox running around and, and the level. They had really powerful guns, but obviously they were very weak. So, and you'd see the ships flying over you, and this was one of the first times that that kind of thing was introduced, where you had these huge battles with, you know, tanks, ships, and 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 people. It's kind of like Battlefield before Battlefield happened. That makes any kind of sense, but it was it was so much fun to play multiplayer. Pause for looking up. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, it was quite fun before. Makes me want to go back and play it now. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how much I played the multiplayer. Is we we figured that out and we were like, oh my god, we can play as the tank. Yeah, and yep. as the, and as literally, and we didn't even know about it, but then we unlocked the little people. They had such powerful weapons, though. It was crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Okay, but that's my number three, Star Fox sixty four, and JJ's number five. All right. Number two, my number two is The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. So is Mark's, actually. But it shows up later on somebody else's list. Whose could that be? So we'll talk about it then. Brian, number two. My number two, and your number four, JJ, is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. um, mm, mm, I love this game. Dark Horse, and extremely hard, too. Yes, very. Um... The Hoth battle. That was the first battle you played. I played that level so many times oh over God. and over again. Wrapping the ATATs with yep. the uh, oh man, we my friend and my friend Dave and I. I never actually owned this game. My friend Dave did, and we would play this game for hours trying to beat Boba Fett on the hardest difficulty. It was very hard. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> he was hard on the easiest difficulty. Exactly. Uh, but I just have so much, so many fond memories of this game. We played it so much. We knew all the like. Where all the enemies were going to spawn, where to stand to shoot what, because we're trying to beat it on the hardest difficulty. And mm-hmm. man, uh, the first battles, the Hoth battle, so that sets it, sets the stage. Yep. And honestly, that the final battle in space when you're you know flying through the space station yep. and stuff like that, that was always a blast for me too. I'm a big pilot guy. I love flying. So, and I think the coolest thing about that game, uh, real quick, is Prince Zizor was the main bad guy, but it actually tied in the to the movies. It's actually pronounced Shizor. Shizor. Because in, in the book, they actually yeah, pronounce it, and they like I've read the book, and it was it was great. Yeah. Uh, but Luke Skywalker, or no, not Luke. I think it's like his uh, Shizor second in command actually pronounces it like. Like, he calls him Shizor, and it describes him hating the way he pronounces it. He's gotcha. like, you're not supposed to enunciate my name fully like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> He'll ever be known as Zizor to me, but I, but this it bridged, uh, um, obviously, Empire Strikes Back with uh, Return of the Jedi, which is really, really cool. Uh, you actually had to help the the get the plans for the Death Star. Dash uh, Rendar. Dash Rendar was the, uh, was was the, the hero. Uh, scruffy-headed nerf herder. Yeah, right. Right. All right, but yeah, fantastic game, Shadows of the Empire. Such a good if game. you have not played that, what are you doing? If you haven't played that, you are Mark. I actually played that first mission a little bit. Nice. I played that first mission a little my bit. My neighbors had it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so proud. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Number ones. My number one is the same as Brian's number five, Super Mario 64. How could this not be on anyone's list? I didn't own it. I didn't own the console at the gotcha. time. Man, I tell you what, like I've I've told stories about this game on the show before and stuff and, and about how I couldn't stand the controls in the beginning and everything. Once I got into it, figured out how to play it. This is one of this is the first game I played on the console and it's still hands down my favorite. Um and honestly, it's it might be my favorite Mario game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's it's just so, so good. Yeah. It, it had really a magical is. feeling to it. Yeah, you got the the the, the hub world, which uh, actually Eric talked about it a little bit earlier on the uh, on the interview, where you're uh, you're 
running around you're kind of learning all the controls and everything like that it's it's almost like a, a level in itself yep because you're doing all this stuff and there are stars to get actually in the hub world but then you go into these doors and paintings and all this stuff and they're like it's worlds. so cool Ugh. great great game nothing but memories mark number one my number one is perfect dark almost guys, put it on uh, my list oh yeah it definitely awesome. in my honorable awesome. mention this is uh everything that goldeneye was dialed up a notch it's, it's essentially the same uh, engine, but there's so much like more the attention player. to. Yeah, you didn't that like the single player? Thing. No, I didn't. It wasn't I thought it was, good. It, was, it didn't capture the magic that Goldeneye had. The only reason this is not high on my list is playing Goldeneye for so long and then having cheap guns like the uh, sniper that shot through walls. The Farsight. Farsight the Farsight yeah. was kind of broke the game for a lot of people. Like, I was not allowed. It was my favorite gun. Let, me, uh, let me rebut you there. Okay, okay. You didn't have to put that in the game. Exactly. But that was my favorite gun, and people banned it all the time. And I was like, well... Why? Like I just knew how to use it better than other people. I'd go into a, a well, little, I'd I mean, go into a little because you know. So this game uh, <laughs> required. Well, it, this is one of the first games that had bots that you could really add into the multiplayer oh, to yeah. to increase mm-hmm. the, I guess, the population of the map. I forgot about that. The, and uh, you had to have the X pack, the yes. expansion pack yep. for the N sixty four in order to do that. But you could really just dial down into details and setting up your map. You could choose like, I forgot about that. The, the weapon spawns were different slots and you could choose every individual weapon that spawned in each spot. You could set up like, what, what, what was it? Like up to six bots mm-hmm. and you could give them different personalities as well. And different skill levels. And I would just spend hours modifying that, getting ready for when friends were going to come over for the weekend. Good God. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about the bot thing. That was a definite yeah. plus for that game. And it also had two of my favorite weapons that I wish were in modern games, I guess. One, the laptop gun. I knew you were going to say that. Which you could, it folds up, you throw it on a wall, and then that's an automated sentry. And the other is the dragon. Not the super dragon. Okay. The super dragon's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Uh, the original dragon, because you can throw it down on the ground, and it looks like a weapon you can go pick up but it's actually a mine <laughs> and it blows up and kills your enemies. Good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic All right. Game. Brian, number one and Mark and I is number two. Um, the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time guys. Uh, every generation of games has a masterpiece game. This was that generation's masterpiece, at least in my humble opinion. Nope. I agree. Every you you can go back to every generation and go and pinpoint there's the masterpiece and this is definitely that one yep. for that generation. I remember when I first got this game, I was a huge Zelda fan. Obviously, Link to the Past was a big part of my my gaming history. But uh, I'm pretty sure you guys are uh, in the same boat when you were like, "Oh, that's Death Mountain, and I can actually run there." And you're like, "I'm going to the yeah, place that I'm looking fantastic. at." Fantastic. Yeah. While Mario 64 is my favorite game on the console, I I have no hesitation saying that i believe that uh zealous uh ocarina of time is the best game on the console yeah it just the world design was just amazing phenomenal game. and right I, right even now, ignoring the plot i could just run around in that world and on just a, pona, it's a zelda stuff. game you ignore the plot anyways that's true <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> but riding around on a pona and and all the secret stuff that you could do you know yeah climb on top of this tower grab a chicken and try and, and glide down onto a yeah. Yeah, rooftop it was the first time that a world actually felt lived in and alive in video gaming where you had like towns and people and stuff was happening and it had a day night cycle and I just could gush about it, but uh masterpiece for this generation for sure. Definitely. All right. With that, I think that wraps up our top five N sixty four games. 
great, great console, great life cycle. Just a fantastic time to be a gamer when that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, still one of my favorite Nintendo consoles of all time. Um, Super Nintendo is probably probably my first, but uh, no. but I think Nintendo 64 is probably, probably up there as well. Uh, you guys have anything else? Otherwise, Other than that, I think we're going to wrap it up. I don't. I, I do. Okay. I forgot my third favorite weapon in Perfect Dark. Oh, my God. Oh was God. the tranquilizer gun because you could shoot people with it a bunch and then kill them. And the dizziness wouldn't wear off after they respawned. <laughs> so they'd still be dizzy. <laughs> That's such a mark gun. <laughs> uh, That's all. That's it. Thank you. So go listen to The Fool's Lantern. Find out what that uh, what it is that Stitch calls Admiral Adama. Tweet it to us at FN Podcast. And get yourself a copy of Fallout 4 for free. Wow. If you're the first one. First one only. Yeah. First person to do it. So jump on it. That's a pretty sweet deal. That's an awesome deal. That's like, yeah, pretty sweet's giving it not enough credit. It's Fallout 4, y'all. Yeah. Oh, and you have to follow us also. You have to follow us and... Oh, right. Yeah, you have to be following us. For sure. Yeah. All right. Anybody have anything else to say? Nope. All right. With that, episode number 75. This is the Frozen North signing off. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Hopefully, next time, we'll we'll be doing some Suikoden 3 stuff. Yeah. Uh really, really go, oh, man. Tell you what, we got some we got some interesting info. It's gonna be cool. I'm excited. Super excited. Oh yeah. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. And my name is Brian. And as always, keep on recreationally pursuiting. Boom. song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.